right, praise the Lord. We got it working. So, um, welcome to Blue Water. Welcome to the Purveyor of Truth. We're so glad you are here. And we're so glad for those that are listening in across the nation and maybe across the world. Um, we're over 2,000, I think, plays, which to me is a big deal because, you know, I don't really expect a whole bunch of people just to listen to us all over the country, but they do, and um, we're thankful for that. And so, you know, it's important to realize that, that even though we're few in number, when we look around, that it's by, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? And so when we look around, don't look at the seats that aren't here because, like, like we said, one brother is out of state today, and we know that he's gonna, he's, he listens in. He came in crying Friday night because he had listened and heard um, the testimony from Sunday morning. And then when he pulled up outside, um, my husband was outside chasing the dog trying to catch the dog and they were all running around the yard you know like a like a teenager out there and he just was praising God for how God had healed him and it all came together right there and um so we know people are listening okay so um praise God and keep those people even though we can't see them keep them in prayer maybe someone will listen in that's never listened before amen so um, maybe someone will listen in that's never heard the word of God before amen this, um, it's funny to me that podcasts have become a big thing during COVID because podcasts have been around for a long time. And I always just thought, man, they have podcast, blah. You know, but then when we, when we moved here, I started using podcasts, listening to other, you know, teachings and, and um, audio books as well, listening to audio books and different things on my phone. And um, it's, 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 a, it's a good tool. It's a good instrument to get the word out, a good way to hear the word and to learn. Sometimes I just put um, my phone on on the Bible app and let the Bible be read to me, you know, and just let that word sink into me as a, into my mind and um, spirit as I'm sleeping. Amen. Or as I fall asleep, maybe I can't even see it anymore, but I can hear the word. Amen. So praise God. Amen. All right. <laughs> this morning, if we had a title, the title would be diligent in faith. Now we've been talking about, um, lead me to the rock. Amen? The source. The source of our everything. The source of everything that we have need of is in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the rock. Amen? The Holy Ghost is the the living waters. That um, the blood of Jesus. We can't be saved. There is no remission of sin without the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood. And so without the blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Son, only begotten Son of the living God, we could not be saved. Amen? And so all these things build upon and come together. And so God is so gracious to us that he actually stretches it all out and gives us all these little details that we can study and learn and begin to know not only his attributes and his ways and the ways that he does things, but so that we can examine ourselves and see why and how we respond and how we react and, and even find out, is this Holy Ghost leading me or is this my old self? Wait a minute, did I crucify my flesh this morning? Did I renew my mind this morning? Amen? Sometimes you guys say, hold up, wait a minute. I need to get on my knees. And then y'all thought I was going to say something else. <laughs> so, you, our young people, these ones anyway, I don't know if you know the song. Hold up, wait a minute, put a little love in it. So we can put a little love of Jesus in it, amen, and apply the love of Jesus in our lives. And that means 
getting on our knees sometimes. Sometimes that means humbling ourselves before God and recognizing that we need to, to re-up some stuff. Amen? To renew and refresh ourselves in the Spirit. To build up ourselves in the most holy faith. Praying in the Spirit. Amen? Yes. Amen. All right, so turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. It's a very familiar uh, verse, maybe, chapter. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be talking about being diligent in faith. Hebrews chapter 11. So it's in the New Testament, kids. So we go halfway through the books, towards the back of your Bible. Halfway towards the back. Maybe a little further, right? You're going to go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're going to go past Acts. You're going to go past Romans. Then what? First and Second Corinthians, then what? Galatians, Ephesians. This is the test. Philippians. Let me see what you got here. It's after Timothy. First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, Hebrews. There we go. Hebrews chapter eleven. Those listening in, I hope you're flipping your pages as, as well as we are. If you're already there, praise the Lord. Go ahead and get ready. Okay, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11. And you know what? I'm going to start in verse 1, but our key verse right here is verse 6. So we're going to start in verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen? Now, just, just an easy object lesson for us this morning, since there are not many of us here this morning. There's snow on the ground. There's black eyes maybe. There's, there's a lot of different things going on in people's lives. And so, and, and here we still have some lockdowns and curfews and quarantine things going on. So, as we look around, the place isn't full, but we've been told that this place will be packed. Amen? It's been prophesied to us that this place will be packed, that we have seen in the Spirit this place full of people. Amen? We have seen uh, a brother texting me this morning, encouraging us, and encourage us, you know, just in the Lord. He texts us every Sunday morning, he and his wife. And when he was here, he said that he saw this place not like a lighthouse, like the light shines up, but that the light was shining down on it. It was illuminated. It was lit up by the, by the Lord. As a city on a hill. Amen? Praise God. Amen? So we need to don't, don't get discouraged, but be encouraged when we look at things by faith. We see things differently. All week long, I don't know about you, but I kept hearing that over and over again. By faith. We see, we believe that the worlds were made. And when we look around at the sky at night, we think, by faith, I believe Jesus made the stars. I don't believe any fairy tales or folklore about the stars. I believe Jesus, that God made the stars. Amen? That he set them and he hung them in the sky. That he separated the firmament from the earth. Right? And that he separated the, the land from the waters. I believe that, that God created the little animals. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Saw pictures of ferrets over in um, Bosque, um, Albuquerque, the Bosque area. 
man, I just love all the animals that you can see over there. I just want to go and just sit there with one of those big cameras and look at all of God's creation someday. All these amazing animals. I've never seen a ferret in person in wild. Devon used to have a pet ferret, but we've never seen one in wild. That would be so cool. And what was he having? Weasels. We saw weasels. Pictures of weasels are so cute. Don't want them around my chicken pen, but they're cute. Right? Anyway, so God created all these amazing things, and I believe that. Amen? I believe that God created the earth that we stand on, that the very ground that this church is built on, that God created it, that the trees that the people cut down and built and made lumber out of to build this church, that God created the seed that created the, and caused that seed to bring forth a tree. I believe that God created eggs. But first he created a chicken to lay the egg. Amen? That he planted trees, and after the trees grew, that they brought forth seed after their kind. I believe it. Amen? Amen. I believe that God puts, he, in the same way he created Adam and he created Eve, and that seed was planted, and so to speak, and come forth to bring forth children. Amen? Amen. It's God's work. Man has no business messing with it. Amen? Hmm. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I mean, yeah, you could just preach on that for hours, but we're not going to because that's, it's just a, a short, a good definition of what faith is. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? You cannot begin to walk in this life if you're walking by sight. You will see things and things will come at you. People will say things. Uh, circumstances will come up. I remember, again, it's just a very young Christian. I was sitting in the middle of the, the, the floor in our, um, our little rental house that we were renting in Wagner, South Carolina. And I was sitting there on the concrete floor, and I guess Devon was taking a nap. And I had, out, I had been listening to this guy on the radio. We didn't have TV, praise the Lord. And we had a radio. And I was listening to the Christian radio channel. And this guy would come on there, and he would talk about finances. And he would, he would um, it's not the popular one that's out there now, but this was back in the early 80s, early 90s. And um, he was telling me how to, how, to, how to be a good steward, how to handle your money as a Christian. Man, that sounded good. So I went to the Christian bookstore, to the store somewhere, and I got one of those, um, what do you call it? A ledger, yes. <laughs> when I got one of those money ledgers, and I sat down, and I listened to everything he said, and I wrote down everything he said. I had our checkbook laid out, and all of our bills laid out on the floor, and I wrote down everything he said. And something happened. I said, what? All this time, we haven't been able to make it? All this time, our bills should not have been paid? All this time, we shouldn't have been able to afford the groceries in the refrigerator. All this time, we shouldn't have been able to fill up that tank of, uh, what was it, kerosene out there to heat the house. I'm looking at the numbers, and they're not adding up. I put it all away. I said, Lord, we trusted you this far. Go ahead and keep carrying us. I'm sorry, Lord. Amen? I'm sorry, Lord. I started to mess with something that I had no business messing with. He said, you just keep walking with me, trusting me, doing what I tell you to do, and everything else will follow. Amen? Is that Bible? Is that what Jesus said? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you. Amen? Praise God. I probably get a lot of flack for that one. <laughs> for by it, the elders, verse 2, by it, the elders obtained a good report. 
Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which were which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now we talked about the church being made of wood, right? And other things. So the church we see, it's made of things that do appear. But this earth was made with things that did not appear. Amen? God spoke it and it was so. Amen? God spoke to my finances, praise the Lord, and it was so. Amen? If we would believe him even more, he would, he would do even more. Amen? Because it's by faith. If we would believe him for it, he'll do it. Amen? The key to this is obedience. Obedient faith. Diligent faith. And letting God make the decisions on what you need. Amen? We get all up in his business saying, yes, God, but I want this. And yes, God, but I want that. And I want it to be like this. And, and God cares about the things that concern you. But when it's fleshly and, and just, just your, your fleshly wants and things like that, we need to be able to push that off and say, Lord, you, your ways are better than mine. Amen? His ways are better. His ideas are better. He thinks way bigger than we do. He created the whole earth. Could you think of doing that? No. Could we think of all the little minute details that need to be involved in creating a human being? No. The greatest doctors and, and philosophers and, and minds still cannot figure out all the processes of the human body. They're still finding stuff inside people's bodies that they didn't even know we had. You think about that next time you go to the doctor. Just remember, it's called a practice for a reason. Amen? So they don't know everything about your body. They don't know everything about your brain. They don't know everything about your mind, your will, and emotions. But guess who does? Your creator. Amen? He knows every intricate detail. I read one time with this, this girl, or this woman, she lived her entire life. And when she died, I don't know why they did an autopsy, but they did. Maybe she gave her a body to science. But when they, they did her autopsy, her organs were completely opposite. Were your heart supposed to be on your left-hand side? You put your hand over your heart when you said the Pledge of Allegiance. Did you know that? Put your hand over your heart because you're, you're making a, a pledge, an agreement, right? So you put your hand over your, on the left-hand side, right? Your right hand over your left hand on your chest. Her heart was on the other side. Her, if she was living in America or wherever, other countries, they do that too. If she was standing there saying the Pledge of Allegiance, she was putting her hand on the wrong side all of her entire life. If she had something had happened and she went to the emergency room in today's society and they were to go in and try to do something, her spleen would have been on the wrong side. Her liver would have been on the wrong side. Somebody tried to shoot her in the heart. They shot her on the wrong side. See how God is? He do, I, I believe he does things like that because it, it takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. These wise people think they know everything. They think they know how to, oh, well, everybody's heart's on the left-hand side. No, it's not. Amen? They don't know everything, but God does. So it's by faith. We need to put our trust and faith in him. Let's look at the word faith for a second. 
I know um, the writer of Hebrews gave us a definition there. Now faith is the substance of things. And in, um, a very popular minister broke it down a little bit more. And he said now faith. And he was saying that you know your faith has to be in the now. You can't live off of, uh, and I, I, I studied this way back then, but I'm just going to give it my twist on it, the way I understand it, is that you can't live off of mom and daddy's faith. Amen. Amen. You, can't, you can't continue on the faith that you had 20 years ago when you got saved. It's good to remind yourself. It's good to, to think about how it was when you got saved and what he brought you from and how he delivered you. And praise God for where what the things that could have happened. But don't dwell on it. Amen. Because we need to be dwelling in the now, in the present. We need to be fresh and ready for what God's got for us. And his faith is now. Amen? Faith in God is now. It's right here, right now. Not yesterday and not tomorrow. Well, maybe tomorrow he'll heal me. No. Now. Amen? What's the scripture say about healing? We can bring it out again and again and again. By his stripes... We, you are, we are healed. Thank you. What? In the book of Peter, it says we were healed. That means that right now, I'm healed. Amen? Right now, I'm walking in healing. Right now, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. Amen? That's now, faith. Right here, right now. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. We don't put it off. Accept it now. Amen? We are great procrastinators. We want to wait until something happens later. I don't know why human, that's human nature. Well, maybe I can put it off till later. Why would you want to put off healing till later? I know people, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I know people that have come and they've told me, you know what, I think that my, my, oh, my family member's disability is a blessing because we get a check. I don't believe God works that way. I don't. This is the one person came and they said, "Well, my child has this this, this disability. We we um we thank God and we praise God." And I even told her that God's using her disability and that God's going to use that to bless the family. We need that. We need to go back to the doctor and get recertified. How about go get healed? Amen. How about live life and life more abundantly? Amen. Lord help us. Verse three. Oh, no, we already read that. Oh, I was going to give. You, I was going to give you a definition. Okay, so faith. I looked up the word faith again, and we're going to write it down if you want to. I wrote it down in my little notebook here for us. This little notepad, so I don't forget how to say it. So, faith is re- reliance. Reliance. While we were um, in town earlier this week. The children were jumping off the back of the truck into Larry's arms. They had to have faith and rely on him to catch them. Right? They had to have faith that God was going to give him the strength to be able to catch them. They had to, but they didn't think about all these things. They just knew it was Pappy, and Pappy was good for it. Amen? And so they would jump off into his arms knowing that he would catch them, and they weren't going to hit that hard ground. Amen? That, that is reliance. They relied on him to do what he said he would do. He said, jump, I'll catch you. They jump. He caught them. Amen? When Jesus tells us, when the Spirit of God tells us to step out on the waters, you step out on the water. Amen? Amen? Amen. 
When, when the Holy Ghost says jump, don't say how, how high. Don't say how far. Jump as hard and as far as you can. Amen? You'll be surprised where you land. Amen? Praise God. He will catch you. Faith is a strong confidence, not just the kind of confidence that we think of today where you just, you know, you get up in the morning and you go, you know what, I'm great, I'm strong, I look good, I feel good, I smell good, it's going to be a great day, I have confidence. No, it's not, it's not the power of positive thinking. Amen? It is the power of knowing that you know that you serve the same God that created and formed the worlds. Amen? That you serve the same God that resurrected Jesus from the dead. The same power that raised him from the dead lives in you. The same power that saved you is also going to raise you on the, on the day that he, he comes back for us. Amen? Strong confidence. Unwavering. Many, many, many of us are like tossed by the sea. You know, every wind, wind of doctrine that comes, every harsh word that comes, oh, I'm, I'm down by this, I'm down by that, and this is getting me down. And I just, remember, we need to throw those things off. Amen? We don't let them bring us down because we have an unwavering faith that God is going to bring us through. He told us if we keep our eyes on Him, He'll bring us through. Amen? Just keep thinking about Peter. They were singing that song this morning. You step out on the water. God, Jesus did not wait. Jesus did not wait for Peter to be all the way under the water. Amen? Peter, God, Jesus, Jesus did not wait for Peter to go so far under that when he yelled out that he took water into his lungs. No. Jesus did not wait. As soon, the scripture says, as soon as he began to sink. There's a, usually a puddle. When it rains or snows, there's a puddle on the front porch here. This, Think about that. When you step on that water, as soon as your, walk, your foot puts any pressure on that water, you begin to sink into the puddle. Right? Jesus, here was Peter walking on the water like Jesus was walking on the water. And as soon as he began to sink, the Lord saved him. Amen? He didn't wait. He runs to our rescue. We've got to have that kind of faith and know that he was, he's right there, and he's ready to reach up, reach in, and, and rescue us. Amen? Amen. This is good. Amen. This is good. Praise God. It is consistent. Faith is consistent. I'm thinking about a different kind of consistency than what, what we might be thinking about, like running a race consistently that you run, you know, um, a steady bait, a steady pace, or that you play a drum at a steady beat. But rather, I'm thinking about the consistency of, of a bread dough. And if it's not the right consistency, it won't rise right. It might be lumpy, or it might be chewy, it might be dry. It has to have the right consistency. Amen? So we must be consistent in Christ and, and take all these things that he tells us. And apply them. We cannot go to the buffet that the Lord has spread before us. The table that he has spread before us. Before our enemies. Even. And say, so, you know what? I'll take a little bit of this happiness. And I'm going to take a little bit of this healing. And I'm going to take a little bit of this joy of the Lord. Hmm. I'm going to take a little faith. Just a mustard seed, that's all I want. 
Mustard seed's huge. I'm not discrediting the mustard seed. But if we just go and we just take the little things, the little bit of the things that we want, we're not going to be successful. Why not? He said, do all these things and you'll be successful. You should never fail. Amen? That we apply all the things that God has given us and all the things that he has told us. Does this make sense? Okay. So it's consistent. We must be consistent in Christ. That doesn't, and it does, yes, it does mean that consistently or in prayer, that you pray without ceasing, that you worship him, that you praise him, that you read your Bible, all those things. But it's a consistent, it applies to relationship. Amen? An unwavering relationship with the Lord. That we're consistent in our relationship with the Lord. That we don't lay him down for six weeks and then come back to him. We don't lay him down for six hours and then come back to him. Amen? He's with us always. We need to walk with him always. We plugged into his, that our relationship with him always. Amen? Praise God. So let's, look, let's move forward. I'm sorry. I don't need to, to drag on. <laughs> this is good. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. This is verse 4. Which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. Even though Cain, Abel is no, Cain and Abel are no longer with us, Abel's testimony lives on. Amen? That we, in the way that we have it handed down to us through the scripture, and that we see this thing and what he did and how God was pleased of it is written in the word of God. Amen? And so God, God himself wants us to see that Abel's sacrifice, what Abel did, his obedience. We can't offer any old sacrifice we want to offer. Amen? It needs to be God's acceptable sacrifice. Amen? Does this make sense? Getting over in your territory in a minute. What is a pleasing and acceptable sacrifice before the Lord? Amen? <laughs> Let's see. So by faith, Enoch, verse 5, was translated that he should not see death and was not found. He was not found because God himself had translated him or taken him up into heaven. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch's life was pleasing to God, so he walked with God, and then he was not, the scripture says. He just walked right on into heaven. Look at verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible. Somebody say impossible. Impossible. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who's him? God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must what? Must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is, you know, yes, Pastor, we learned this in Sunday school when we were little kids. Yes, but it goes deeper. Amen? What does this mean to diligently seek him? I understand now a little bit more about faith. I understand a little bit more of what it means. I need to have a relationship with the Lord. And I need to be, um, have strong confidence in him and not doubt him. And, and, and I'm working on that. And I'm, I'm, going, I'm going through. I'm going to make it. But what does it mean to diligently seek him? 
He goes on. In Hebrews here, he goes on to break down all of our, our fathers of faith, Noah, Abraham, and on and on throughout, throughout the, the chapters, the verses here. But we, well, I want to I break this down, the diligency. What does it mean to diligently seek him? What does it mean? Does it mean that every morning I get up and I get out my... My grandparents used to have this little thing that sat on the table. What's called daily bread? And you pull out one card and you read the card. And I'm not discounting the, you know, that's good. That's good. Amen. It's the word. As long as it's the word of God, it's good. Right? You got to be careful what, what else is in there. But the word of God is good. So, you, you know, you, yes, read the word every day. Let the Holy Ghost direct the reading of the word every day. It'll be even better. Amen. Again, we don't bring him and say, here, Lord, you know, sometimes you do come across something and you say, Lord, what does this mean? You're studying your own time and you're praying. But if you will allow the Holy Ghost to direct you, he'll give you exactly what you need for that day and that hour. Amen. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean to, to be diligent in that manner. And I'm not saying it's not good. It's good. But there's a, a better way. The Holy Ghost is always a better way. Amen. Allowing Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God Himself, to lead you and guide you in everything is always the better way. Okay. The Word tells us to read the Word. The Word tells us to know the Word. So you can't go wrong studying and knowing the Word. Amen. You just cannot apply your own interpretation to it. The Bible says there is no private interpretation. It is of the Holy Ghost that brings it forth and gives us understanding. All right, so look, looking at being diligent, what does it mean to be diligent? Well, when I look this up, let me go back to before I looked it up, okay? Before I looked it up, the Spirit says it needs to be passionate. Amen? It means to go after it with everything that you have. It means to not be slack in. Don't be, don't be slack in doing the things of God. Don't be slack in doing what I've called you to do. I've saved you. I've washed you in the blood. I've made you my own. I provide for you the Holy Ghost, the seal. Where are you going to go from here? Now we begin to walk in faith and we begin to walk in obedience. We begin to do things. Amen? <laughs> I don't know where all the amens are coming from this morning, but that's what we got. So the, it means to, to have that passionate and in, in intimate relationship with God that we diligently seek after him. As a matter of fact, as I opened my bottle of water this morning, I always write my initials on there. And then I began to write, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after thee. Like a deer, a thirsty, thirsty deer longs and pants for water. That's how we're supposed to seek after the things of God. Seek after his presence. Press into it. Sometimes your discouragement tries to come. But there is a way out. Amen? Sometimes oppression tries to come, but there is a way out. Look up. Look unto Jesus. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to Jesus. Look at David and how he cried out to the Lord. And he was delivered again and again. Was David ever oppressed? Yeah. Was David ever vexed? 
Yeah. We know Job was vexed, right? He was so vexed that God had to send someone in, the angels in, to bring him out. At Abraham's prayer. Somebody's praying for you. Lot. Lot. I'm sorry, that's a joke. Thank you. Lot. <laughs> Three letters. <laughs> Lot. Lot was vexed. And Abraham prayed for him, right? And, and God sent the angels to bring him out. Somebody's praying for you. Amen? Somebody's praying for New Mexico. Somebody's praying for the United States. It ain't over. Amen? Somebody's praying for the nation. It's not over. Please incline your ear to hear what the Spirit says and be led by the Spirit. To diligently seek means to search out. To search out, to pant after, to find it, to sniff it out, to, to, to be like an, um, an investigative reporter. Like you're investigating. You want to know more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his... Who knows it? Mercy. Mercy. <laughs> Kindness, fullness, the all of Jesus. We want to know more about Jesus. Amen? So it means to inquire, to get in there, to investigate, to search out. What? That means we don't, we don't just sit there and wait for God to come and snatch us up, to shout something in our ear. We don't wait for God to come and, and say, I don't know, knock you off your feet so you can get filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is here. Amen? Healing is here. It's now. We don't have to wait. Salvation is here. It's now. Today is the day. Even if you're born again, salvation is still here because we walk in it. And you can be saved from other things that you're going through. Amen. By the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you can be saved and brought through salvation. Another, I'm not saying another salvation experience of being born again. But you, you know, to be saved from that seeking in the water, that's a salvation. Right? You've been saved from it. You've been rescued. He will come to your rescue. Amen? Amen. So there is a way out. And it is only through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're feeling, and when you feel, remember these words, that when you feel down, or you feel oppressed, or you feel like you just can't go on, that if you look up and cry out to Jesus, Amen. He is ready. He is right there. He is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Amen? Amen? Praise the living God. It means to diligently seek. In the Hebrew, it means to... Guess what it means? It means to worship. It means to worship. It means to worship Him. If we would get a hold of what this means, that when we, you know, when we were in Sunday school and we read this, by but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must be believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. How many like? How many of y'all like to be rewarded? Yeah. I like rewards. Amen. I like little gold stars. I like to get a balloon. I like my, my one of my bosses figured this out real quick because that's the kind of person she was, and she would always um, give little trinkets. And I'm inclined to you know give y'all stuff. I just want to give out book reports and book reports, book bookmarks. I give you bookmarks. Give you bookmarks and pencils and stickers, and you know I just 
just like, you know, whatever. I just like to give stuff. But, you know, not everybody's into that. But I like rewards. My first trip to Dallas on a, a job, I came back with little things for my kids. I didn't have any money. It was like... I was eating somebody else's, the other half of their sandwich, right? So I didn't have any, any money. I stayed in somebody else's room. I think I slept on a cot. And, um, but I brought back, my kids will tell you, that I brought back little prizes for them. Guess what I brought back? These little miniature ketchups in glass bottles from the hotel that we stayed in. I thought they were so cool. I was like, look what I brought you. And they were like, aha. <laughs> Super cool. See, if it was me and my mom had brought me that, I would probably still have that ketchup in the trunk somewhere. <laughs> Look at this cool ketchup bottle. Maybe, maybe I would have emptied out, put it on the shelf. This is the old me, and I, all that's all gone now. I'm having that stuff, but I still like to. I do like rewards. Amen. And it doesn't really matter matter to me what the reward is, and if it comes from God. I'm all in. I'll take the reward, Lord. Lord, you got rewards. I want them. Amen. Amen. You want to sign up for God's reward program today? Yeah. Have you got the frequent, the frequent diligently seeking card? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Worship. Write it in your, if you're writing notes, write it in big letters. Diligently seek equals worship. All caps. Worship. We had a, um, our youth group when we first started. We named, I, I named our youth group the Warship. Because I wanted to understand that when you go into worship, it's also spiritual warfare. It's a bat. It's a, it's a real weapon. You want deliverance? Worship. You want healing? Worship. You want to see your family delivered? Worship. Amen? Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Give Him glory, worship Him. Press into the, the presence of the Most High God. Worship Him for all that He is. Give Him glory, give Him praises. He is worthy, amen, to be worshipped. And so and I just thought it was so cool to see that the Hebrew word, and I will not even try to pronounce it, but it translates, diligently seek, translates to worship. So if we were to read this again, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. We do believe that he is, but do we believe that he is a rewarder? Amen. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek that, whoa, 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 let's put it in there, that worship him. Amen? That worship him. It goes on to say, it goes on, it has a few more words my notes go on to say, to inquire and to require. Diligently seek means to inquire and require. Wow, God. To worship means that I inquire as he's requiring that my worship, I inquire more of him and we're learning more of each other. Amen. That when we go into worship, we don't just go in, you know, so many times you can maybe be driving down the road, for instance, or maybe even in a church service or worship service, and you hear a song, you're very familiar with it, and you just begin to sing the song, and you're just singing it, and you don't even know that you just finished singing the song. You're just singing it. Maybe your mind's someplace else, thinking about, 
I don't know, you got to go pick the child up from school or something. You're thinking about something else. You're not thinking about the words that you're singing. That's not worship. Amen? Worship is entering into his presence. Worship is pressing into his presence. Worship is inquiring of the Lord. Looking into the things of God. Inquiring of him. And saying, Lord, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? He said in the... In the In another place, he said, is this the fast that I have required? Is this what I have asked for? And in another place, he says that the, the obedience is better than sacrifice. He would much rather us seek him diligently and worship him with, with just reckless abandonment. Just love him and seek after him and want to know more of him than anything else that we could bring him. And he will reward you openly. Amen? Jesus said if you will worship him in secret, he will reward you openly. Amen? That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I have to go. In other words, I'm not going to go out here and stand on the, front, on the street and say, I love Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go down to the chapter house. Oh, I praise God. My God is so good. I just love him so much. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm praising God. I'm praising God. Nope. Oh, I got a little carried away, didn't I? No, he don't want that. Amen. He wants your intimate, intimate worship. One on one. It doesn't matter what else is going on in the room. It doesn't matter who else is at church. It doesn't matter if you're the only one there or if you're in your prayer closet. Worship Him in the beauty of His holiness. Amen? Yes. Worship carefully before Him to inquire and inquire. Now, why, why was the word carefully put in there? Because it means we give great care to it. It doesn't mean that we're rocking on eggshells. It means that we give great care that we're coming into the presence of God and we want to know more and we're paying really close attention. We're inclining our ear. Lord, what do you have to say? What am I seeing? What am I hearing? Now let me warn you something that happens. Maybe this doesn't happen to you. But sometimes you're in worship, you're praising God, God's showing you something, and all of a sudden, snap! A door slams, or, or a, kid, a dog barks, or somebody says something, and you're, it's like you snap right out of someplace else. You're in another realm, and suddenly you're back to earth. What we got to do is we got to learn how to not let that stop us, and how to get back in there. Amen? If God wants you out, he'll bring you out. He'll say, okay, now go back. Go back to doing what you were doing. Go do this or whatever. We need to, and I'm speaking to myself, need to be able to get past that point and stay in the press. Amen? As we spoke of the, the woman who was after the, the hem of his garment a few weeks ago, that, you know, she, Larry and I were talking about this yesterday, that she, had, she was probably crawling on her knees, I think. And she's trying. She had to get through the crowd. There are people pressed in. You ever been in a big, we've talked about this before, been in a big crowd. And she, she had to get through there. She was weak. She was bleeding. She was outcast. She was not supposed to be there. She could have been uh, stoned to death. But she pushed all of that aside to do everything that she had, every last effort that she had just to touch the hem of his garment. 
It didn't matter that people were screaming at her, you're unclean, you're not supposed to be here. Somebody was, I am stretching a little further, but somebody was probably running to go get the, the guard or whatever to come get her. Somebody was probably whispering, saying something bad and mean about her. She probably didn't smell real good. She probably didn't look real good. Amen? She wasn't crawling up there looking all nice and clean and fancy. She had spent everything that she had. She had an issue of blood for all those years and could not get healed. People knew about her. It wasn't a secret. And here she was going with everything that she had to reach the minimum garment. I believe God made a path for her away. But she, she might have got her hands stepped on, but did it stop her? Her dress might have got stepped on. Whatever she was wearing, somebody might have stepped on it. might have ripped. She kept going. Nothing stopped her from getting into the press. We need to learn how to get over that little hump and stay in the press and worship Him. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to read one more scripture. We're going to go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy verse chapter 4. I'm sorry. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. <laughs> I don't want to say a second. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 14 and 15 and 16. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14, 15, and 16. <clears throat> As y'all are flipping there, I'd like to read verse 12 to our young people, our under 50s. <laughs> Let no man despise your youth. Don't let somebody come against you because, or think that you are looked down on you because you're young. Amen? There are, there are little children out there preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ right now. There are children filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues, laying hands on people and people getting healed. There are children out there casting out demons. So don't let anybody look on you and don't let the enemy make you think that you're not old enough, mature enough. It doesn't have to do with your age. It has to do with God's anointing and Him using you for His glory. Amen? If you'll just give yourself up and say, Lord, use me for your glory, that's all He's looking for. He wants you to walk with Him. Praise God. Let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in love, godly love, in spirit, and in faith, and in purity. All right. It looks like everybody's there. Let's start with verse 14. Paul is speaking to Timothy. Timothy's grandmother and mother, as we said last week, were mighty women of God. Being anointed, being called, has nothing to do with your, whether you're male or female. Amen? He doesn't care how old or how young you are. He wants a willing heart. He wants someone who's willing to diligently seek Him. And not just for yourself, but for others. He says to Timothy, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands. 
of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself completely wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. When you are rewarded, it will appear to all. Jesus said that he would reward you openly. Amen? Verse 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. This is what we want. This is our heart's desire. We want to see pe- people saved. Yes, Lord, I am born again, but I need to deliver my soul. I need to do the right thing. I need to walk and talk and be with Jesus all the time. I need to speak the name of Jesus. I need to speak the word of Jesus, not just because somebody said it'll work. It's not hocus pocus. It is you, Lord, rewarding those who diligently seek you. It is you, Lord, doing your will through your servants. Here's one last definition for the word of faith what the the word faith it means the gospel truth itself the word faith for the christian the definition is the gospel truth itself the good news of jesus christ itself that is faith When you share your faith, you share the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did for you, how he saved you, how he delivered you, how he healed you, how he saved your loved ones, how he saved or healed your loved ones, the things that Jesus does, the testimony that you have, you begin to, to give it over to other people. You begin to share it with other people. It becomes contagious. It's not by mistake that God's, did you see entire families serving the Lord? It's because somebody somewhere shared their faith over onto their family members. Amen? They conveyed it. They lived it out before them. They shared that faith in their household. They shared that faith in their family. They shared that faith. And it can continue. I don't remember the year, but many, several years ago, many years ago, a man came to New York City. I don't remember his name either. Somewhere in New York. It wasn't New York City. Somewhere in the state of New York. And he began to share and preach the gospel. And where this place was, there was, I think it was a train station that came through there. And he shared the gospel. And people were getting healed. It came to the point where when the the trucks trucks would come through. And when the truck drivers would come, it would cross the county line into this place where this was happening. That they would begin to tremble with the presence of God. And they didn't know what was going on. Somehow they would be drawn to this church or this meeting hall where these people were coming together where this guy had started this, what we would call a revival. And they would go there and they would get saved. People were coming into this county and just getting healed by the presence of God because the people were diligently seeking God. Amen. Amen. That's what we need. That's what we need. We need people. God is looking for people who will diligently seek him, who will worship him. Oh, Jesus. Amen. That the word Jesus himself said that now is the time that I am seeking for those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. Amen. Now. Now, faith. Now is the time. It is time that we begin to worship him and seek him diligently. The clock doesn't matter anymore. Hunger doesn't matter anymore. People, we need to be fast. We need to be putting things down and picking up Jesus more and more. Amen? Amen. 
I'm not talking about, oh, well, you got to go 40 days with no water, no food. I'm talking about fasting and, and living a fasted lifestyle, giving your life to Jesus, that those things in the world don't matter anymore. I want Jesus. Amen? I hear some, some pastors say, but, you know, we're going to do a fast, and maybe you, should, maybe you could fast fishing for a week. Maybe you could fast, I don't know, shopping for a week. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> What's on called fast? I can, I can not eat. That's not a problem. I can not drink. Shopping, fishing, hunting, hiking, hobbies. What am I going to do? Fast, fast reading the Bible? No. You can fast your electronics. If electronics are a thing for you, amen. Turn off your communications. <laughs> I don't know. But we need to seek the Lord more. Amen. Diligently seek Him. So we're going to close out the service this morning with worship. We're just going to worship Him. We're going to come before the Lord with praises, with thanksgiving. We're going to begin to practice diligently seeking Him like we never have before. As a church, as a people, as individuals, we need to diligently seek Him like we never did before. David said, I will seek you in the morning. Amen. He sought Him at night. Sometimes David would lay on his bed and cry out to the Lord all night long. And it always ended with worship. It always ended with praises to God. He might start out talking about how all these things are coming against him and how everybody's hating on him and how people are talking about him and even discrediting the house of God. But then at the end, he's worshiping God because he knows he is our deliverer. Amen. Let's diligently seek him this morning. Because he knows our name. Amen. Let's worship him this morning. Lift up his name. Praise his name. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you this morning. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory, God. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we're going to worship you and seek you. While you may be found, Lord, we give you glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.